Hey guys, welcome to another episode of East Coast Rams Podcast. I am your co-host, Ashton, here with my awesome co-host, Zach. Zach, uh, Happy New Year. Uh, it's coming around that time. We just got through Christmas, the Christmas log. Hopefully Santa was very good to everyone. I know he was to me and my family. Very blessed. How are you doing, Zach? Hey, I'm doing great. You know, being able to spend time with family, take some time off work, you know, enjoy the holidays. Um, it was a Rams Christmas, as it seems to be every year. Um, but yeah, I had a had a good time off, mini buy. So ready to get back to work, ready to get ready for the postseason push. Um, super excited. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and things this week. Didn't exactly go in the Rams' favor in the NFC playoff race. Almost everyone the Rams needed to lose one outside of the Vikings. But the Vikings did lose a critical matchup, Zach. And that uh, basically pushed the Rams up to the sixth seed. So going into this week, the Rams have a very uh, favorable matchup, let's say, against the Giants' uh, struggling unit. And uh, we'll talk about that matchup after the news. So, Zach, let's break down uh, some of the recent recent news from this past week. Yeah. So, um, biggest one of the biggest things is Tory Holt was once again um, is now a finalist again for uh, the Hall of Fame. Um, you know, got him secured up here, uh, repping the Holt jersey. Um, I mean, it's someone who should have been in the Hall of Fame a long time for a while now. This is his fifth consecutive spot as a finalist, um, and really someone who deserves it. I mean, he he was part of the greatest show on turf. Um, you know, when they won the Super Bowl in St. Louis, uh, he's he's had a great career, um, and so it, it's time. It's time. Um, he's going to go. He does have some pretty good competition. I mean, there's a lot of players on that roster on that. Um, that slate, but you know, someone who's definitely deserving. What are your thoughts about Tory Holt and Hall of Fame? I mean, you're talking about one of the most prolific offenses in NFL history. Like most people on that team, uh, there were a lot of Hall of Famers, and he's definitely one like that sticks out. Like he he should have been there. You've had people with worse stats. And worse overall careers as wide receivers get in. And it's his time. Uh, I know we're biased, but I think his tape speaks for itself. And, you know, we'll see. Uh, I think I mean, it's a weaker slate than years previously compared to uh, when he's been passed over. But I don't know why the that committee has just kind of dragged their feet with uh, all hands. Like, he's been... He's done everything he should to get in the Hall of Fame, so we'll see. I mean, he, he's very similar to the kind of players the, the Rams have now. Is that he he's a he's a wide receiver who wants to um, kind of push the envelope. He 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 always was the one who was trying to help the the other wide receivers get on the same page. I mean, he he's very similar to what we have with Cooper Cup and Robert Woods in the past and things like that, where he's a not selfish. He was able to you know, put out on the field, not only his, um, his wide receiving and his receiving records, but also his ability to also help in the blocking and, and things like that. So, um, definitely someone who's unselfish in, in all respects and needs, needs to get into the Hall of Fame for sure. On good and bad teams with 
bad receivers next to him and good receivers. So, like, he had every type of situation you could be put in as a wide receiver and produced regardless. So, 100%. Uh, kind of sticking with to some wide receiver news, Puka Nakua, again, is just continuing his accolades. Um, he, this week, was named NFC Offensive Player um, of the Week, um, and then he also was given his fourth uh, Pepsi Zero Rookie of the, the Week. Um, so, again, Puka is just, he's at a different level, and um, I don't know, what, what are your kind of thoughts about Puka? I know we talk about him week to week. I just remember after the draft when me and you were talking, we are like, we liked the pick. Uh, I wanted wide receiver earlier. Team decided to go in a different direction, load up on defense and stuff like that. But we were like, in general, after looking into him, we were like, yeah, yeah I think for like a gadget player and stuff like sweeps and physical runner, he kind of jumped off as being really good at blocking I, we liked his route running. Uh, he looked like a good pick for a fifth rounder. And he's exceeded our expectations. I mean, 100%. He's exceeded anybody's expectations throughout this league. And it's just crazy to see that he's continuing to grow and continuing to get better each and every week. And yet, he's still the same person. He He's not taking this... Um, this newfound kind of like spotlight on him and making it too big for him. He still comes in. He's still a contributor. He's still that, you know, helping in the, in the run game and the blocking and things like that. He he's unselfish. And a lot of players who probably would be first round picks who would have the same success that he's having would kind of take this, you know, kind of take this spotlight and, and maybe not make it a negative. I don't want to, I don't want to say that anyone would make it negative, but you know, they would take it slightly different. They would put them like, hey, you know, I I am I am that person. Um, I am that good. And Puka's just always like, hey, I'm a team player. Whatever coach tells me to do, I'm going to do. Whatever Stafford tells me to do, I'm going to do. You know, if I'm going to be there to block, I'm going to be there. And so um, I'm just he, – he's just – he's had such a great year. We have two more weeks to go, and I can't wait to see how his future continues. Now, I, I just love his personality. He, it's so it, – you can tell how he can catch the locker room by fire. Just he's so upbeat, so happy just to be there. And with all the success that he still keeps that, that's so hard to maintain as a professional when you start to get success, to be excited to be there, to come in every day and work as hard. Because it's so easy whenever you get type like any success professionally to be like, oh, I can let up now. I can relax. I can sit back and not try as hard. And that's when like stuff starts to catch you and you start to get little bumps in the road. And he has just continued to produce when people said, oh, when Cup comes back, he's going to fall off a cliff. Uh, when Cup comes back, he's just not going to get targets. Oh, he's only successful because he's getting targets. Uh, he's only successful because X, Y, and Z. And he's just proven them wrong, you know, time in and time out. And it's just, you know, what can we say? Uh, he should win rookie of the year offensively. I think uh, that isn't a homer take. That isn't a Rams take. Like his stats speak for himself. I think he has for most of the year outpaced 
every first round wide receiver combined for yards yeah. and catches. And I and I posted this on Twitter. You know, I know CJ Stroud, he's having a great year. And you know, but I put it this way: you expect a first round pick to be good. That's what you expect. But when you get a fifth rounder who's playing better than every first round wide receiver, there should be no talk about this. You know, that should be weighted way differently than having a first rounder do first round things. A fifth rounder doing first round things should outweigh any of those other accolades that any any rookie is having. I don't care if it's, you know, Byron Young getting 10 sacks. Like, like let's let's just be real. Like he is having an amazing year. And anybody else, if this was a number one pick, he would probably be getting the same kind of looks that CJ Stroud is. But because he's on the Rams, the Rams haven't been, you know, dominant each and every week. We see we see this kind of falling out. And so I really hope that over the next couple of weeks that they really take a look at Puka Nakua and really put him up there as really the threat to the to CJ Stroud to overtaking him as the uh rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just the fact that he got thrust in such a big spot early on because of Cup's injury is even more impressive. Like first rounders. Uh, you see time and time again, they get put in a big situation. They're not exactly ready for the NFL speed, uh, not ready for the tempo or knowing the playbook. And he just did er everything all combined as a fifth rounder, just adding on to how impressive it is with the lack of expectations he had on him. So he's, and he's playing through an injury. We know he's playing through some, some injury shoulder related, um, you know, that he's just oh, kind yeah. of been battling through. That's one of the reasons he did kind of fall was he he was always nicked up in college. So, like, teams figure that in whenever uh, they chose not to draft him. But, you know, I'm happy with that, Zach, because that means we got a first-round talent in the fifth round. Yeah, excellent, excellent job. Um, so, la- so, moving on to the – one of the last kind of main news items that came last week, we kind of noted that the chargers were released uh, Sebastian Joseph day. Um, and we oh. kind of talked about if the Rams were going to, um, you know, try to pick them up probably undoubt, very undoubtful just because they were, um, they really weren't looking to beef up the defense any more than it already is. They were going to wait till next season. Uh, but Probably the worst team that he could have gone to was the 49ers. So the 49ers did pick him up. Um, the Rams will have to face him in two weeks, assuming he's ready to go and up to speed. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts about about that? Uh, Sebastian Joseph Day is a fantastic rotational D lineman. I've always uh, thought he was underrated for his position. He was slightly overpaid by the Chargers, and he wasn't kind of like that big play, D-tackle, constantly applying pressure. He was more kind of like a run stopper for us. And I don't know why exactly the Chargers paid him what they did, uh, given his history and kind of like track record. But, you know, uh, it didn't really work out. Chargers cut him. And that 49ers D-line doesn't really need any more players. And um, if you could say they have a weakness, it would be somewhat of the run game, especially against the game they had against Baltimore. 
Uh, they want to load up on run-stopping D linemen for their rotation. So, uh, sorry, guys. The cat is uh, behind the computer causing chaos. Uh, but, yeah, uh, good pickup by the 49ers. I think that's uh, kind of what they need in that D-line room. Yeah. Yeah, I <clears> – <throat> They do. The, I mean, you know, they played against the Ravens this past week and they did not look great um, as a whole. Um, and But we have to, you know, again, we have to go face them in a week, in two weeks. And so we'll kind of, we'll preview that obviously next week. Um, all right. One, one more bit of news. MVP. We kind of talked about Puka Nakua with the NFC uh, rookie or the rookie of the year um, for offensively, but let's, let's talk about the MVP race because some interesting things have come up over the last, you know, pretty much since Thursday. Um, and Stafford is becoming kind of the under the radar um, dark horse uh, for, for the MVP second to obviously uh, Lamar Jackson is kind of leading that race right now, just with his last few performances, especially based on the performance that he did against uh, the 49ers. Um with even the Giants defensive coordinator coming out and saying that, you know, Stafford is, a, is should be considered in the MVP. What, what are your kind of thoughts about that? I mean, he has, he has played really well since the bye. Um, but he, you know, we did kind of struggle with the offense. You kind of the first half of the season. Uh, I think some of that has to more with like how the O-line went through a few injuries in the first few weeks and our uh, schedule was arguably one of the toughest in the NFL. Overall, though, uh, he has played MVP caliber. I just don't see it happening mainly because Lamar and the Ravens have been so good for the entire year. I really only see it happening if they lose both games. And we win both games. And the 49ers lose this week. Uh, yeah, I mean, we know this is the Stafford we were getting when we traded for him. He just needs the line to be stable. In the last few weeks, uh, the line has been fantastic for him. Let's just be honest. Uh, uh, he's been one of the least sacked quarterbacks in the second half of the year. And when he gets time, he can throw any ball. Like, we've seen some amazing balls from him in the last few weeks. Amazing throws. Uh, if anything, the wide receivers have let him down uh, in some of these games with some, some of the drops. Uh, crucial drops. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I 100% agree with you. And it, it's kind of funny um, because there's kind of the, the twist of two quarterbacks this kind of week. You have the Matthew Stafford you know, who's, you know, one of the veteran quarterbacks in the league right now um, playing probably the best ball he's played in a long, I mean, played the best ball he's played in a very long time or, uh, or ever. And then, then you have players like Russell Wilson, who is now benched and will be cut uh, most likely going into the new year, new league year. Um, and I think, you know, you take what, what Russell Wilson had, like he is a Super Bowl winning quarterback, um, and trying to pull him and put him on a team um, did not work well. And this could have been, I mean, you, you look at the other aspect of it, like this could have been what we would have faced if we didn't win the Super Bowl. Uh, we didn't have Matthew Stafford and, and how good he is. Um, 
because Matthew Stafford going into the Rams never won the Super Bowl, never was close to getting to that to that caliber until he came over here. Russell Wilson went through the Super Bowl, had many good successful years in Seattle, went to Denver, and then basically struggled the entire time he's been there. Uh, so the Rams really got the win of getting Stafford, of how elite he is. Um, and he was, I mean, basically it just comes down to that, you know, quarter, good quarterbacks can just go to a bad team. And the team's going to have to decide, do you keep the quarterback or do you build around him and Denver's now deciding to get rid of him. So I'm super glad that the Rams decided to on Stafford and that Stafford's been really good to us. Yeah. I mean, I thought when we struggled last year and early part of this year, like for the most part, Stafford was never the problem. <clears throat> Don't get me wrong. He makes some bad decisions. And when he gets into a certain mindset, uh, he throws a lot of stupid balls and like he, he is where like when it rains, it pours type of guy with turnovers and making mistakes. But when he's hot, man, he goes through periods, weeks of like being on fire where he's just throwing rockets. Uh, yeah, that's, the, that's the risk you take when you, when you have a quarterback who's, who can make those kind of throws, you're going to risk a possible interception. I mean, yeah. You're going to, but you also have the player who can do that. You have the player who can put it somewhere super tight and be able to be successful. Um, and so I, I rather have someone who can put the ball anywhere um, than have someone who's just lofting it up at all times and just hoping that the receiver is going to catch it. Stafford knows where he's putting it for the most part. Um, and so again, it's a tale of two quarterbacks and, who are about the same age um, and, you know, one had previous success and now is kind of not having this success. And then the other, and then Stafford obviously now getting more success than he had with the, the Lions. I, I think some of the success for Wilson though, kind of stems from the fact that Seahawks had such a dominant people don't understand when you have such a dominant defense yeah. to go along with your offense, it makes everything on offense 10 times easier because oh, sure. you're able to more run out the clock, play the clock, uh, do different things with different scenarios and be more aggressive because you can have faith that your defense will be able to bail you out. If you happen to not, you know, convert something. Yep. yep. And uh, I think that's something we're starting to see with Brock Purdy is not, having the defense be there and being put in tougher situations, you start to see the more of the flaws in the quarterback. Doesn't mean they're terrible. It just means like they're not as clutch and not as able to kind of bail you out of bad situations. They need stuff to be more perfect around them. And that's some of the criticisms people had of Goff at the time when he was with the Rams. It, it almost felt like McVeigh had to call a perfect game in order for us to win. He had to be perfect because if he wasn't, Goff would just not be able to go off the fly. He had to have all the answers to test in order to get an A on it, uh, where if you asked him a question out of the blue, he would kind of hesitate, stumble, and then if stuff started to roll, it started getting really bad. That's not the case with Stafford. Uh, you see at times like where uh, 
stuff isn't going his way with routes or like coverages. Uh, he's able to, let's say, throw the Demarcus Robinson after uh, having the rollout to left. McVay didn't call that. Uh, one of the touchdowns to Cup. Uh, he just audibled out of the uh, play. He trashed it, and we got a touchdown out of it because that's something they saw on tape. Uh, being able to do that, that's not an everyday occurrence, and uh, it's kind of a big deal whenever you have a QB that can. And um, a lot of his success and lack of success in Detroit, I think, stems from not having a great defense. And uh, the Rams have had better defenses on average compared to the Lions teams uh, he's been on. Yeah, yeah. So going with that, the Rams kind of lead their own destiny as it as it is. Um, if they win out both these games, I'm pretty sure that they are there. They clinch the playoffs this week. The only way that they can clinch is if the Steelers beat the Seahawks and the Rams obviously have to win against the Giants. Um, that's that's the only way this and there's a there's a tie in there, too. But, you know, very unlikely that's going to happen. So, um yeah, that's the only way the Rams really are going to clinch it is if the Steelers do beat the Seahawks. Uh, but if not, then we're we're looking on to the following week. There's a couple other teams that can lose out and we could still win. But the Rams are in control of their destiny. Uh, they need to win this game. And then we'll take it to uh, San Francisco that game. Um, so we got some mailbag questions about that, but we'll deal with that kind of towards the end mm-hmm. um, of the episode. Uh, but let's talk about the Rams and Giants. You want to preview that? Uh, yes. Rams and Giants. Uh, news here. Tyrod Taylor got the, well, so DeVito got benched last game. They put in Taylor. Uh, Taylor did better-ish. He did throw a bad interception, but, uh, yeah, DeVito wasn't cutting it mid-game, uh, and Tyrod Taylor's can start for this game. Uh, Zach. What's your reaction to that? I know DeVito kind of caught fire there for a little bit. No. Uh, very uh, New York name, in my opinion. But yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, he's what from New Jersey. He's from that kind of area. Um, everyone kind of fell in love with him just because you know he kind of he he just there was no risk in in putting him in there, and he was able. He had some success, like you said. Um, it was you. His agent was there. Three. Yeah, I mean, he his agent was there. Not the best they were... competition. They beat the Commanders. They beat the Patriots. Yeah, it's it 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 wasn't the the best teams in the world. Um, but now they're going to go up against the Rams, which is a which is a good team. And I think again, everyone is kind of afraid of going up against them if they make a make it into the into the playoffs and and as they should, because this defense is playing way better than anyone would have imagined. And the offense is finally clicking the way we all imagine they should have been clicking since the very beginning. Um, and so I'm, uh, this is a, this is going to be an interesting game. You know, a lot of people could think that this is a trap game and it, and it could be, I mean, we're going to be playing in New York uh, in uh, on New Year's Eve it's not going to be as cold as normal years, uh, but again, it's a it's a different atmosphere um, that they're going to have to face off against. Um, and the Giants may not have a good offense, but they do have a pretty decent defense. Um, so that's kind of where we're going to have to we're going to have to kind of keep our eye on. 
Yeah, I kind of disagree with the concept that people calling this a trap game. Like, at least in my mind, definition of a trap game is when you're eight and zero and you go against a team that's like one and seven. Like, they are better sure. than your typical like trap game bad team, and we are not as good as your typical trap game. If you, uh, but I think if you take it as. Win. If you kind of take it as from the buy, I'd have to go back and I'm going to look up there, the Giants kind of record. But um, if you look at it as the Rams, if you start from their buy, six and one or five, five and one, um, you know, th- they've played really well since their buy. And the Giants I have think, too. And they have, they have, uh, they've, they have a few wins. But again, it's the only win really was maybe the they Packers. They scored above. 23 out of the five last games sure their offense has done good against bad teams um they gave the eagles a run for their money last yeah but the the eagles are also they're in a weird funk where they're not playing their elite performance either i mean the eagles Again, I, I, I'm not threatened by the Eagles. The only reason why I'm threatened by them is them playing at home with a loud environment, things like that. That's the only reason why I would be afraid for the Rams to go up into to Philly if if the Rams make it to the playoffs. Um, so, but I get your point. Yeah, I, I'm just saying I kind of disagree with people saying a trap game. It's a game we should win. Like, I'm, I'm not going to say we shouldn't win. Like, this is a bad team. Uh, it's not an atrocious team. It's not it's not as bad as people are kind of making it sound. Uh, because their rushing tack, like Saquon Barkley is amazing. If he was on any other team, he would be top top five rushing. What he has done with that O line, and that O line is bad. Like uh Zach, they are uh they lead the league with sacks at 77 with 425 sack yards. That's third worst in the league for sack yards. I don't know who has the worst sack yards, but that is atrocious. Uh, just unacceptable from an O-line standard. And you're talking about a team that should be running more than passing also uh, with their weapons and kind of how the team is built. Uh, their wide receiver core, a struggle bus. Like, uh, let's talk about their wide receiving core. Uh, they have Darius Slayton, Isaiah Hodges, uh, Paris Campbell. I like Hodges and Campbell as wide receiver threes, uh, but neither of them are one or two. Darius I mean, really, Slayton is not a wide receiver one. Let's. I mean, when your when your tight end is probably your biggest, you know, receiving threat. Tight ends. Um, yeah. Uh I mean that's that's kind of what Bellinger they're looking for. Waller are both like really good. Right. So that's that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, I, I agree with you. I, this Ram, the Rams game the Rams should win this game. Um their defense is can can be toe-to-toe with really any with any good offense. Um, and like we kind of mentioned, this isn't really a good offense. Um it's it's going to be our offense needing to keep make sure that they're they're staying down the field they're getting into the red zone they're executing the red zone uh, efficiently um that's kind of been you know it was kind of our strength the first half of the the season when we get to the red zone we would score 
Now it's kind of we're getting into the red zone and we maybe have to try for a field goal and hope we hope we get it. Mm. Um, and so the Rams really need to be more efficient in the red zone. And that's where I really see, you know, the Rams fault is if they cannot finish it off in the end zone. Our, our special teams is what's failing us right now. And we cannot continue to let that happen. Um, so either the Rams are going to have to go down and score touchdowns. Um, and really, as much as I like our punter, again, our special teams is not doing well enough um, to even put them into a good spot. So we cannot have our offense kind of being stuck in 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 their own territory. They need to kind of move the ball forward at least to give the punting some room to, to kick the ball. Honestly, Zach, I don't think we could do worse if we just fired the special teams coordinator and got a new kicker right now. Yeah, I don't, I don't, don't I say don't know how it could be worse. I mean, so I guess we didn't mention that the Rams did pick up a um, an XFL long snapper um, because ours was injured. And so they think that was Sean McVay, obviously. And I think I might have said this in the last one that um, he he thinks that it was the long snapping spot that was the problem and not the kicker. So it's interesting that we picked up a long snapper. So we'll see how that goes. Um, maybe there's some truth into it. I don't know, um, but we we will see. I yeah, we'll just leave it at that. Um, so yeah, so um, assuming as far as the injury report goes for the Rams, the Rams are pretty healthy. Trey Tomlinson um, is probably the only expected Ram to miss, um, and uh, and Nopeum has a foot injury, but they are not. Um, expected he's not expected to miss um, while the uh, Giants do have a pretty decent list uh, on their injury report most of them by now uh, today's Friday so on the Thursday's injury report were listed as full um, there's only um, a couple that were limited uh, from did not participate um, that does include banks who's probably their you know big uh, their bigger uh, cornerback um, who most likely, if he is healthy, would go up against Puka, um, which would be a big matchup there. Um, but if he's not playing, then that's going to be a lot for their, you know, their backups to kind of keep someone who had a really dominant uh, performance against the Saints moving forward. Yeah, I think uh, their offensive coordinator should be put on trial for the crime. <laughs> <laughs> the crime of this offense like it's uh their offense is ranked 30th in red zone attempts uh they don't use their uh rookie third round wide receiver Jalen Hyatt and he has when he's gone snaps been electric for their offense uh that's who I wanted to get drafted uh by the Rams uh yeah so it's like one of those things where this Giants team is kind of a mess after coming off of a really strong year last year. The NFC East was very good last year. And for some reason this year, Zach, I felt like all the teams that progressed, like Washington, the Giants, uh, the Eagles progressed. But I felt like almost every team in that division took a step back somewhat. Cowboys are less electric. Eagles are slightly less electric. Not by much, but, you know, a little bit. 
uh, Giants took it ten steps back. They look like the yeah. team from two years ago. Uh, just Brian Dable. I I don't know what happened to that roster. I know their O line has gone through a decent amount of injuries, uh, but not being able to produce with Saquon paying Danny Dimes all that money just for him to basically not play most of this year. And when he did play, he looked atrocious, just not good. Uh, when Tyrod Taylor is playing better than the guy you paid, I think, what, $37 million? A lot of guaranteed money in there? It's There's a lot great. of that. There's a lot of that going around. You could say the same thing about, you know, uh, Russell Wilson, you could say the same thing about um, uh, that Stafford contract looking good, Zap. Well, look at Joe Flacco. Good. Joe Flacco is only getting paid like two point four million, and he has um, a better win streak than Watson. So, um, mm. it, it, it's one of those things where you know you, you don't always get value out of just paying someone before they even provide you with a um, with provide you what they what they have. Um, you know, they get these contracts on their way to the team uh, for some of them. Uh, Daniel Jones obviously is a different, is a different animal with that, but um, yeah, a lot and of the Ravens, a lot of... they want to pay Lamar. That's the next thing. The Ravens almost lost Lamar. And like, you have these teams like Washington being like, Oh no, we're not interested in Lamar. Well, I mean, the Colts were kind of there too. I mean, the Colts were kind of thinking that they would want um, Lamar Jackson as well. Cause they, you know, they didn't know how, what the draft this was before the draft but yeah. you know it was it was all those things where it's like you know Lamar could have gone to any team and been successful on any of these teams uh oh, yeah. and and the Ravens you know they got lucky that they they came up with a deal and they got it done so I um, actually think the Colts is a better roster than the Ravens right now they just I mean I don't know the Colts you you plug in Lamar on the on that Colts team. oh for sure yeah you put, yeah yeah. And then right. the Colts draft a wide receiver with that top five pick or uh, draft the offensive playmaker. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's something, but, you know. Something we need for this week is we need Aaron Donald to to get back into the sack category. I mean, he's he hasn't had a sack these last three weeks. Um, and so we really – this is a team that I think that he could – really succeed in getting that he needs i know he's always double and triple teamed that's what allows him not to to get those sack numbers it's why um, kobe's doing so good it's it's why kobe's doing so good it, it's a reason why a lot of these players are doing well yeah. uh, and that kind of goes back to you know sebastian joseph day um we're going up against Ashawn robinson again this this weekend uh with the giants um Anybody who's played with Aaron Donald, the way they, the reason why they got their contracts is because Aaron Donald plays so well. Um, it makes them look better than than. Not saying that they're not they're not elite players or or anything like that, but Aaron Donald makes everyone look better um, just because he's always double and triple teamed. Um, so hopefully that you know Aaron Donald can kind of get that pressure again, be able to slip through some of these defensive linemen um, and or the offensive linemen and. Uh, get through get and and yeah it gets axed i mean this team needs to get the three and outs we need to get the three and outs we need to push them back um we can't let them drive down the field i mean we we can let them do field goals it's fine but like just get them just get off the field let's not waste your time any more than it is uh from what i've been reading all the focus uh for giants fans is getting the run going against a stout run defense where 
I think early on, Zach, especially with our matchups against the Eagles and 49ers, this defense was still growing. All the rookies took a while yeah. to mature, especially in the run defense category. I thought that was going to be an issue all year. And they have sewed it up last uh, six, seven weeks. Uh, so that's going to be a key to winning this game is stopping the run, uh, doing what we did against Kamara last week, and just focusing on getting Saquon on the ground and limiting that to two, three yards per carry. Because if we can stop Saquon, they're going to struggle to throw. Uh, Tyrod well, Taylor is good, but they're going to struggle to throw. And and who who best to have back there than Ernest Jones? I mean, he's playing at a yeah. a very high level. A Pro Bowl. Uh, a, a Pro Bowl Pro, caliber. Pro Bowl caliber, for sure. Yes. And I'm just he every week he's just shown why he's the leader of that defense, um, why he's the green dot, why he's why he's the one doing the calls. Um, I mean, he is a bullet when he goes up some of those offensive lines. I mean, he's so close of getting a couple sacks in those games that we the last few weeks. Um, he's been able to sniff out the run. He's been able to, you know, put pressure on the quarterback, um, yeah. and. He, He's he's so electric and he makes that defense electric, um, and so I can't wait to also see what he has to bring to the table against this the shaky um, offense Giants. by the Giants. Um, but other players, I mean, Quentin Lake, he's also been doing well. Glad to have him back on the field. Um, Kobe Durant uh, will most likely continue to play um, in that in that. Uh, slot spot that DK was playing in. Uh, we'll see how we'll see how the time goes, but that's kind of where it's looking at as of right now. Hopefully, uh, he, he rebounds from a uh, let's say struggle in the last two weeks in that slot spot, uh, getting beat a few times. So uh, he's been a player. I think we'll talk more about this during the off season, Zach. But someone who's having the sophomore slumps, not playing to the caliber we thought he could be after a really good year last year. Kobe, Kobe Durant or yeah, Durant. So he didn't have a bad game last week. He, he hasn't played a lot this season. And I think that's where, I think that's a lot where you're coming from is DK. It's been DK and Witherspoon for most of the season until DK is being DK. Um, and again, we, we won't rehash those, those rants, but um these next two weeks are going to be his time to shine. Um, obviously, if he doesn't play well, DK will be back into that spot. But as of right now, he kind of has that spot until he's proven otherwise. Yeah. Uh, so mailbag, Zach, uh, got some viewer questions. Yeah, so we did. We decided this was going to be probably a shorter episode. Doesn't seem like it will be, but you know it is. Uh, so we decided to get some feedback from you guys, and we got a question from Dak on X. Love Dak. Uh, we got to meet up with him when he was in Indianapolis. Um, really cool guy. Uh, yeah. And so he he asked a couple questions. He said, "What are both of your predictions for the next two weeks? You want to take that one first, or do you want me to? Uh, you can take it first. All right. Well, so I see it. I see the Rams winning both games. I see them coming out fiery against the Giants, and then it's going to be the San Francisco game, and it's going to be San Francisco in Levi, um, in Santa Monica or Santa Clara. I don't know why I said Santa Monica. Santa Clara. Um, and um, yeah, it's. 
those games are always going to be tough and brutal. There, There's going to be a lot of emotion for both sides of this because it is. But I don't think the Rams want to um, slow down at all. They want to kind of keep speeding and kind of keeping their foot on the pedal. Uh, depending on how the 49ers, um, you know, they lost to the Ravens, which I know a lot of Rams fans likes it. And a lot of Rams fans didn't like the uh, the the 49ers losing to the Ravens because of that first seed playoff spot. Uh, people assume that if the Rave, if the 49ers got the clinch, the first spot, um, that they would not play their starters uh, against the Rams, but that's could be looking very less likely now. Um, so it, it does look like, and we have to assume that they're going to play their starters. So um, I think the Rams just go, they're just going to take it out and they're going to, they're going to go two and out the next two games. Uh, I think this week we beat the Giants uh, pretty handily. I think this can be the game that we've kind of been waiting for, for a all-around good performance, and we uh, kind of put the pillow over the team and let them go to sleep and not let them back into the game. 49ers, I think we it's a shootout, and we tie it 30-30, and it goes into overtime, and we lose because 49ers are playing for the first seed. And I think they win the first seed by being us in overtime. Okay. All right. Second, he had a two-part question. Say we make it to the playoffs. What are both of your ideal realistic scenarios heading into the playoffs? Mm. We kind of just we kind of talked about this last week a little bit. Um, I think we kind of said if they do make it, what a who do we want to face off against? Uh, I think I said, ideally, I would probably want to face off against the Lions, um, though looking at the Eagles, they're not looking as hot right now. Um, this NFC division is just going to be kind of weird. Um, and, I, and I, I'll and i say it again, every team is beatable. Um, you just have to find a way to win. Um, nobody wants to play this Rams team if they make it into the playoffs. And so I don't think it's going to matter. Um, I think the Best path is probably either through the Lions um, or the Eagles. Um, I don't – not saying that we couldn't take out the the Cowboys or um, the 49ers, but those would be harder roads to travel. I actually think the Cowboys may lose to the Bucs um, with how hot the Bucs have been playing and uh, how much the Cowboys have been struggling. I think that's going to be an interesting matchup. Uh, but like you said, the Eagles and the Lions, both of them have been, you know, kind of like off the last few weeks, not as hot. That's why people say it's important for you to get hot at this time of year. The Rams are definitely, the, I would say, the hottest team outside of Baltimore. And uh, can we continue that into the playoffs? Can we beat the 49ers for a first time in a while? That's going to be an important part. And uh, I think most likely it's going to be the Lions. And I mean, shoot, be a great storyline. You look at the Browns, the Browns are catching up to the to the Ravens. Yeah. Uh, there is a scenario where the where the Browns do take over as the number one or take over the NFC North. So, um, it would be or the AFC North. Uh, it would be it'd be weird to to see that happen with Joe Flacco leading the charge. But 
you know, that, that could be a contender depending on how things I go. Mean, the but, best second best defense in the league kind of makes sense. Makes your job at quarterback a lot easier. Yeah. So I, you know, as far as the the Rams go, I, I do see them getting to the playoffs. I do see them making it in. I think that they can take out at least one team. Um, you know, I, you look at it in every team, depending on how, how it all works out, you, you could see a, a pathway to, you know, a NFC championship game or Super Bowl. I know that's, it's really kind of crazy to think about, but all of these, all these teams, whether it's the Eagles, whether it's the 49ers, whether it's, you know, the 49ers is probably the last team uh, when you, when you watch the Ravens game, you saw their weaknesses. They, they didn't have as many going throughout the rest of the season. Um, but now every team in the NFC kind of has that weakness, and I'm not super afraid to go up against any of them at this point. 49ers only because it's a it's the one of the biggest rivalries there are out there. Yeah, it should be interesting playoff race. The NFC is as open as it's been for years, uh, and this is a Rams team. I think on their best day, they can beat anyone. They just struggle to have their best day consistently. So yeah. we're 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 playing with uh, house money now, and uh, right. the rest from here is gravy. Just got to beat the Giants. You lose two Giants, this team does not deserve to go to the playoffs. I'm going to be frank. I 100% agree with you. Now, if you 100% agree with Ashton, leave your comments down below. Let us know what your predictions are for this game against the Giants. Uh, and also let us know what your predictions going into the playoffs is. Do we make the playoffs? How far do we get into the playoffs? Who do you want to see the Rams face off in the first round of the playoffs? Uh, please leave all those down below. You can catch us on YouTube, youtube.com slash at East Coast Rams to watch all of our content that we put out. Uh, you can also find us on X at East Coast Rams. You can also find us at our own personal Twitter handles, you know, right, right there and right at this camera always and right over there um, for Ashton. Uh and yeah, find us on Instagram threads. We're on all the social media platforms. Uh, really appreciate everyone who goes out and supports us. Uh, please make sure you subscribe to the podcast uh, on YouTube and any of the podcast apps uh, that you have. Those numbers really help us and boost our ratings. Um, like, subscribe, retweet, repost all of our stuff. That would be really appreciative. Um, with that, we will see you after the new year. Um, so everyone, have a safe New Year's Eve uh, after you watch the Rams victory uh, in New York. And yeah, I uh, think that's going to do it for us. So let's get that win. And again, whose house? Rams house. Rams house. <laughs>